0: skies, with angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem, hark the herald angels sing, Joyful sound church We're sing together Joy to the world Joy to the world the Lord is come let us receive the Latter and move and hold me let you sing and hold me let you sing and hold me let you sing We will sing, sing, sing Join to the Lord. Let's see. Let's see. All together, family. Here we go. Let's you go. Amen. Oh. start that over. That's a little rough. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> I was trying to pull it off. Jesus, you are good. That feel good. Oh Lord, I love you. From heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From the throne of endless glory To a cradle in the dead together, church we praise the the sun praise the spirit time together family hey christmas friends you may have a seat
1: Merry Christmas. Come on now. Merry Christmas. Let's go. Today's the day, man. This is a good evening, isn't it? I, sh- I keep saying it's a good day. I said uh, good morning to like 30 of you when you walked in. So good morning. Hey, my name is Pastor Jesse, and I'm part of a wonderful team here. Can I just give a shout out to the choir? How cool is that? Good job for them. Um, man, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! They love it. All right. Hey, I want to share something with you. Obviously, I want to share uh, the story of Jesus with you and its implications. I want to kind of give a few of you a heads up. And, and what I mean by that, by giving you a heads up, is we believe that Christmas is one of those days, one of those evenings, Christmas Eve, along with Easter, where we would be amiss to not ask you to make a choice, to make a decision to ask Christ into your life, to give your life to Jesus. Uh, And so I just want to warn you, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make you do anything weird. I'm not going to put you on the spot. Uh, I'm not going to make you come up front, but I just want to prepare you that if you're here this evening, uh, we're hoping you would make a decision to follow after Jesus, that your eternal soul would be with Christ for eternity. I want to share with you one of my favorite Christmas gifts that I've received so far. I know Christmas is tomorrow, but this is it. Uh, This was given to me along with all of our other elders at our church, um, Our elders all received one of these uh, as a as a gift, and it's a leather-bound journal. Uh, and in it, currently, in it right now, and every one of these journals for our leaders that all of them have uh, are the names of people who call Sierra Bible Church home. Uh, so if this is your home and, and somehow, some way we've got your name, we've put your name in here. And so let me just read a few of these uh, of, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> <laughs> what we're praying for. No, but here's the deal, here's the deal. The, if your name's in here, it's because, You're not only part of the family of Christ, you're part of this specific faith family. Uh, And we're hoping on this particular evening that we would be able to add your name to this. We wanna pray for you. We want you to be part of the family. Uh, But even more than that, uh, I'm less interested in you being part of this name uh, in this book as I am with your name being written in the Lamb's Book of Life for eternity. I would rather have your name there and you go back to San Francisco and shine bright there, would you please? uh for the lord and and yeah we need christians in san fran did you know that we do we do it's a true story and if you're from san fran (laughs) we're gonna get you tonight here we go oh let's let's kind of dive in there's four days when it comes to how jesus saves people to himself there are four days that he's kind of placed in in like forever land, if you will. What I mean by that is they are to be remembered always. They are pressing in on people at all times, I think. And the four days are obviously Christmas, Christmas Eve, Christmas and Christmas Eve. That's a really important day. It's a day that literally has changed the way that we date the world. Uh, We are all here in this room because 2000 years ago, because of Jesus. And what's amazing is that you're you're probably here, some of you are here because your family invited you, because they love you. They want your soul to be saved. They care about you. And Jesus cares about you. And that's why Christmas is such a big deal. It's Jesus who has left his home. That's what Christmas is. He's left his home to come into our home, that we would then be able to open our hearts, that he would live inside of us, and then we would live with him in a forever home. And so it's a big deal. And then along with that, most of you know, we also celebrate as Christians Good Friday, the day that this babe that was born was crucified on a cross. And then, of course, what's even more important than Good Friday, well, you probably could say just as as easily as important as Good Friday is Easter Sunday, his resurrection. So we have Christmas morning, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. And my friends, the fourth one is yet to be totally celebrated, but we're all waiting for it. Uh, what we call a second advent. So Jesus is already pierced into this sinful world, into our world to make himself known. And he's gonna come again to bring his bride with him for eternity. Some of you know this story. The story I wanna mainly read from comes out of Luke chapter one and chapter two. Most of you, again, are familiar with this story. Some of you may not be, it may be new to you. Uh, First in Luke chapter one, an angel appears to a priest, his name is Zacharias. And the angel speaks to Zacharias, says, hey, Zacharias, guess what? You and your wife are gonna have a baby. And his baby's gonna be named John. And John's gonna go about, and he's gonna prepare the way for another child. And that child is Jesus, that child's the Messiah. Uh, but before that comes, after, the, after an angel visits with this priest, Zacharias, and his wife, uh, another angel, Gabriel, shows up and speaks to Mary. And speaks to Joseph and tells Mary, don't be afraid, don't, don't worry about what's going to happen, but you're going you're gonna to have a baby. So Zachariah and, and his wife, Elizabeth, and Mary and Joseph, both are going to have a baby. And both of them uh, are going to be kind of a miraculous deal. Because if you remember, Zacharias was, he was old. He was, he was never supposed to have babies. He, he, he'd been trying for so long with his wife, but couldn't. And, and then all of a sudden, he's going to have a baby, and he tells the angel, there's no way, how is this going to happen? He that's what he says. There's no way, how is this going to happen? And the angel silences him. And so he's not able to speak until his baby is born, until John is born. And, and then a little bit later, again, like I said, another angel appears, uh, and this is what the angel says. Listen to this very carefully. Uh, out of the book of Luke, the eyewitness, uh, or from the eyewitness accounts given to Luke, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was? Mary. Very good. All right, just make sure you know. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled in the saying of the, at that saying. And she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, "'Do not be afraid. "'Mary, for you have found to be with child. "'You found favor with God. "'And behold, you will conceive in your womb "'and bear a son, and he shall call his name Jesus. "'And he will be great, "'and he will be called the Son of the Most High, "'and the Lord God will give him "'the throne of his father David.'" And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, "How will this be, since I am a virgin?" And the angel answered, "The Holy Spirit will come upon you, overtake you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child is to be born—I'm uh, sorry—therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son." Now, what I think is really kind of neat, just so we can kind of get into this story, at some point, just so you're aware, I might take my jacket off because I am whew, I am already starting to get sweaty. Are you sweaty? Yeah? Shouldn't have worn your Christmas sweaters. That was a bad idea. <clears throat> so remember, there's these four days, and some theologians, pastors, some of my friends that I know, they call these days the elevator of God's grace, that God ultimately, through Scripture, and through these words, wants to lift you into heaven itself. That is what God's desire is. And as this story starts out, I think it's kind of interesting, especially in our culture, that the gospel, what we call the good news, what we celebrate on Christmas, starts with two women and two wombs and two children. And I think that's interesting to note because, especially in Jesus' day, women were not elevated to the same way that they are today. Kids were seen, not as important uh, and that's even the case today. We've got a lot of kids in the room this morning. Kids, come on, let me hear you. Are you here? Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Are you ready for Christmas? Okay, don't talk anymore. I need everybody else's attention, all right? We gave you your opportunity. Okay, let me... <laughs> so so here's the deal. I want you to see something that's really interesting. Kids were, were seen as a liability in Jesus's day. The fact that a Messiah would come as a child, this is a ludicrous idea. This is absolutely crazy, just as, as crazy as it is today. And why do I say that? Because we know our society just isn't having kids quite like the church is, especially our church. We love babies. We love children. Listen to some of these tweets. They're, they're a little depressing, but i got to get you a little depressed so I can get you really, really undepressed, whatever that is. L- listen to some of these tweets. Someone asked on Twitter, why aren't you having children? Just open to everybody, which is a super bad idea to do on the internet. Why, wouldn't, why aren't you going to have kids? Listen carefully. These are people's, each one of these, just a few of them are examples of what people feel about kids in our society. I'm not having kids, why? Because they're expensive. Climate change, school shootings. To so, all, well, to be honest, I'm selfish, but at least I'm self-aware. I can barely remember to feed myself most days. Another individual said, the future's bleak. I like money. Kids are annoying. Pets are better. <laughs> the person who tweeted this is why the future's bleak. We'll continue. Kids, well, uh, kids they're expensive. There's another one, money. I, I don't slobber. I don't do spit. I don't do throw up or poop. I don't like what it would do to my body. I like money. And I like being alone with my cats. Yeah, you need Jesus. Okay, if you're here tonight and you love cats more than kids, you need Jesus. It's too hard, one individual said. You have no freedom. The world stinks. I don't like being in service to anyone. It's too much responsibility. Our society, by and large, sees kids as a detriment. Now, now I want you to understand something about the person of Jesus as he comes in as a baby. No different Society did not see kids as something that was valuable, like I said. In fact, later, Jesus literally will be hunted as a child, not just as a man, but as a child, because there's another king in the world who's worried and fearful of this child, who was born in a city of, no, of, of where no rapport, nothing good ever came from this place, is what society said. And yet, someone ran after this Jesus to murder him, because they were afraid he would rule over power. I think the same question has to be asked to us this evening. What do you see in the person of Jesus? And who is he? And what will you do with him? Now, the first thing I want you to see and understand from this, if you notice in chapter 1, verse 26, and I know not many of you are reading along with me, but let me just highlight a few things that it says in chapter 1. It says that it was in the sixth month. It tells us that the angel came, Gabriel, to Mary in a city, Galilee, uh, of Nazareth. Later... Another group of angels come, right? Remember, Elizabeth and her husband, they get a visit from the angels. Mary and Joseph gets a visit from the angels. And also, in addition to that, some shepherds who are out in the field get a message of Jesus. What does it say in that particular section? Uh, it says this. It says, on this day, it says that, in a city, the city of David. The first thing I want you to see just from what this is saying in the particular text, this is real history. The Bible doesn't shy away from the fact that this is reality. This is a real child. These are real families. These are real people. And we know that we can trust it to be real because like I said, in this particular culture, no one would ever bring a Messiah through a child. No one would ever say an angel came to a woman. These are all things that are culturally, no, 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 don't believe that. A woman was involved. You can't believe a woman in her testimony. In addition to that, the shepherd who were such a lowly group of people, their testimony wasn't even allowed in a law of court. They weren't seen as, as someone, again, that could be trusted. It tells us that they were in the field at night. Just so you know, back then, working night shift was just as lame as it is now. And that's what these dudes are doing. They're working night shift, and they're protecting sheep. And they're seen, as a, again, as a group of people that just really aren't that important. But they've been waiting for this, right? Mary was a Jewish woman. She has known the prophecies. So is Zacharias. And what's interesting is, I think you could actually take those two stories of the person of Jesus and contrast how people respond to Christ, right? Zacharias, he is working in the temple. He, again, he's a priest, right? And what does he say to the the angel? He's like, how is this gonna be? It's an an issue of doubt. Some of you are doubting this morning. How in the world could this really take place? A virgin birth, a God who's come from heaven, a God who's died on the cross. Well, maybe he's just a person. Well, then how was he risen from the dead? Oh, that didn't happen either. Then how is it that these individuals were willing to be martyred? How is it that 2,000 years later, we're still preaching the same message that Jesus Christ wants to save sinners like you? It's the same message year after year, year after year. And some of you, you come here every single year and it's now, it's the time. It's the time to put away all of the goofiness that, that you're involved in and to give yourself to Jesus. Now, of course, we know that another group of people were involved in the, the advent of Jesus, the birth of Jesus. As he sat in that manger, you, you had the shepherds that we know, we celebrate they came and you also have the wise men. Now, what's interesting about the wise men is it also gives us a picture of who this Jesus is. The wise men bring three gifts. Now, in some of your nativities, uh, you'll have three wise men. Does anybody have three wise men in their nativity? Good, good. I hate to be the one that tells you this, but that's biblically inaccurate. Raining on your parade on Christmas Eve. Ha, ha, ha. Welcome to church. <laughs> there was more than three. We, don't, we actually don't know. They brought three gifts, uh, and they didn't show up right away. It probably took them a year, two years to get there. It probably took them a year to actually, after they saw the star in heaven, to actually get everything together, to travel to Jerusalem to worship this Messiah that has come, because they knew of the stars. They knew when the star showed up, that star, they knew the Messiah was coming. They knew he'd be here. So the star shows up, and the men, they go to the manger, and they bring him these three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You're familiar with this, yeah? Well, the gold one makes a ton of sense, doesn't it? Because gold is for a king. These individuals who traveled, to the Messiah knew through the prophecy of the stars and the Old Testament and through a whole other series of things that I think ties in with Daniel. That's just a tease for something later down the road. Keep coming back, I'll explain it later. And what happens here is as they travel, they give him gold and that's for a king. They knew that this man was gonna be king. Frankincense, frankincense is a highly aromatic tree sap that was specifically for priests, not for babies, right? Gold is for kings, not babies, frankincense well that's for priests high priests not babies but they all knew that inside that manger that little thing stuffed with hay with a little bit a little heartbeat and a little body that he's the king of the world Inside that manger is the king of the world. He is worthy of all of our wealth and gold and treasure and talent. He's worth all of our hearts. And the frankincense is he is a priest. He's gonna be the ultimate priest. You don't have a need for a pastor. You have need for Jesus. And so Jesus is our king and he's our priest. But what about this myrrh? Well, again, myrrh's not for babies. How do I know this? Because historically, myrrh was used for the burial of those who've passed away. They're somehow in the prophecy of these gifts, recognizing that this baby, though he is coming as a gentle babe now, he is king and he has given us his priestliness, his love, his shepherding, his kindness, and he is going to die for us, which means when Jesus left his home, when he left the home of heaven, think of this for a moment, folks. Kids in the room, you're doing amazing, by the way. You're listening so well. Jesus left peace calmness, stillness. He left, he left the realm of eternal worship unto himself, and he pierced into the sin of mankind, which required of him an enormous amount of pain and sacrifice. To celebrate Christmas is to celebrate the sacrifice that Jesus made to come into this world. Listen to the, my pastor friend. He says it like this. I've added to this. It's a, a kind of a, a, a collaboration of a pastor friend of mine and, and some of my own words, but this is uh, what I have written. Jesus stepped into this world, a world that did not want him, a world that bullied him and killed him as soon as possible. The ruler of the stars laid in a manger below the stars. The son of God accepted the human condition with all of its pain. Jesus accepted the smell of dirty feet and barnyard animals. Jesus accepted sewage running down the muddy streets of the city. He entered a scratchy hay for a bed, and he rubbed shoulders with the wicked, the broken, the diseased, the ostracized. He accepted the hard work of carpentry, verbal abuse, being seen as less than human on the cross, and he accepted to take all of your sins on his shoulders. Jesus accepted pain, and he accepted death, that he could remove pain and death from you he tasted the salt of our tears. He has felt the weight of life. He has embraced the hurt and shame of the world. He did not live a sanitized life. He swam in the sea of filth that is at times in this world. I mean for that's what Jesus did. Right? He pierced from heaven into this world to live as a baby to be hunted by another king, to live a life of of hard work to learn the Bible and to learn what Yahweh was all about, even though he is that, all of that in himself, this weird paradox that we're always trying to figure out within the Trinity. And as he lived those 33 years, we know the last three years were the most intense. The Pharisees hunted the religious group of individuals, tried to take him down and tried to murder him. Eventually they succeeded. Now for us, on the other hand, the invitation, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm not going to make you do a weird thing. For those of you that I want and I'm hoping that God is pressing on you to bring you into salvation, what you get is Revelation 21.4. Right, we live in this world, and I think all of us know that this world, if, if we're really honest, this world's a pain machine. This world knows how to dish out pain. It knows how to dish out mockery. It knows how to dish out division. It is just so good at all of those things. But we get Revelation 21. For us, when we pass this world, what does it say? It'll wipe away every tear. Death will be no more. There'll be no more crying. There'll be no more mourning. There'll be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. Who needs something new? I'm not talking about a Christmas present. I'm talking about a washed soul. What did the kids say? Lego, Lego set. <laughs> Amen. You'll poke your eye out. Um, now, uh, the, give me just a few more moments of your time. Jesus, if Revelation 21.4 is a picture of heaven, the opposite of Revelation 21 is a picture of earth. Right? He wants to bring us into the opposite of what this world has to offer. In this world, Jesus tasted all the tears. He tasted death. He tasted mourning. He tasted crying. He tasted pain. And all of us are tasting those things. But there is a life to come where those things will be taken away. Because as the text tells us, as the shepherds are told, this is the Christ. This is the Lord. This is God we're talking about. This is Christ. What does that mean? He's the anointed one. He's the only one worth worshiping one. He's the long-predicted one. He's the long-awaited one. He is the anointed one. He's the final anointed king. This is who Jesus is. Now, I want to share a, a, a friend of mine this week. He, he, he popped up in front of me, and, and he, was, he was asking the question, what is Christmas all about? And he's pretty emphatic. And his other friend Decides to answer the question for him. I was able to capture it on film. You want you want to see it? It's really short. Dan, why don't you go ahead and show him the the video of of, uh, my buddy telling my other buddy what Christmas is all about. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas
0: is all about?
1: Sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about.
0: Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said
1: unto them, Fear not,
0: That's
1: what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Just <laughs> so you're aware, that's exactly how I leave the stage every Sunday. <laughs> My wife would probably say that sounds about right. Um, that's really cool, and I'm going to share some about that video here in just a moment. So stick with me. But the the, the proclamation that's made is out of Luke. It's to the shepherds, and what that language is—that's high theology. That's the declaration out of Luke. High theology to who? Lowly shepherds. What brings lowly shepherds, those who are working the night shift that are forgotten about, what brings them into the place of security and happiness? Into the place of Revelation 21. It's that Jesus has come. It's that God has come to get rid of your sin and to give you Peace. The reason Jesus has come into this world is to give you the ultimate gift and the only gift that every single person needs. And that's for all of your sin, all of the things you've done wrong, all of your shame, all of your missteps, where you've been a bad husband, where you've been a bad father, where you've been a bad mother, where you've been a bad wife, whatever it is that is in your heart right now, and the Holy Spirit is more than big enough to put that in you, He came to seal all that into the pit of hell, into the grave that He died in forever. So that all he sees is no longer you hidden in Adam, who is filled with sin, but hidden in Christ, who's filled with righteousness. And we all should say amen to that. Right? The, the declaration that he gives, that Linus gives, is peace among men. It's peace amongst us, but it's also ultimately peace with God. Right? And we live in a world filled with divisions, don't we? Republicans versus Democrat. iPhone versus... Whatever that other phone is. (laughs) Gandalf versus Saruman. Hey, if you're a Niner fan, we're praying for you. But not as much as if you're a Raider fan. There's rivalries everywhere. Some of these rivalries we know, especially in Africa, they lead to death. Again, this world is a pain machine. It just dishes it out. But Jesus has come to give us peace and to give us salvation. And as we get ready to close here in just a few moments and sing and light candles together, I want to read to you from Isaiah the prophecy of this Jesus. And Listen really carefully to what it says. Uh, Is that what I want to read? Hold on. Isaiah 9, 6. I'm sorry. For unto us a child is born. Notice that for a moment. He's human. 100% human. He's born. Which means Jesus understands everything that the human condition has to offer. Jesus lived life like you did. He cried. He felt pain. He knew pain. He knew what your sin was like. He tasted that. He tasted all your shame. He's human and he tasted it. A son is given, it says. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Did you hear that? Same sense. This is prophesied. Again, you want evidence? The Holy Spirit should be more than enough, but if some of you need evidence, you need, you need facts, 100% God, 100% man, here it is, hundreds of years before Jesus came, a child is born, he's human, mighty God, he's divine, everlasting father, prince of peace. What does all this mean? This is who he is, my friends. This is who the child is, this child that is approachable and soft and delicate, and he's before you for what? To give you peace and salvation. Right when, when, when the world throws at you all kinds of hardships and all kinds of wrongs, and, and, and you're running out of, of, of wondering, what am I supposed to do in life? Jesus is called wonderful in this passage. Come on, Christians. What's Jesus called? Wonderful. When you're confused and depressed and you have nowhere else to turn, Jesus is called counselor. Who needs counseling? Come on, put your hands up. Like four kids back there? Man, (laughs) what's happening here? When you're sick and you're weak and you're feeble and cancer has you, Jesus is called mighty. When life feels too short and it seems like it flies by in minutes, he's called everlasting father. Right? yesterday my kids we opened up gifts yesterday because of the craziness of Christmas for us and there's moments if you're a parent isn't there moments you just want to hit pause like don't get any older than this Ezra no more growing stop it yeah you love you buddy he has a way of making time pause why because eventually we'll be in eternity with him and when you feel trouble, anxiety, friction in life, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. I mean, this is who he is. This is what's before you. What's before those of us who call Jesus our, our Savior and our Lord and our Christ. Before us is the reminder, my friends, that your sin is forgiven. And when you open up presents tomorrow, there's no condemnation for you. There's no guilt. There's no shame. There's just rejoicing in food and living to the glory of God as you eat and you drink with your family. That's what you receive. And for those of you who've never received Jesus, the invitation is now let him be a child born to you, a son given to you that he would be your counselor. He would be your mighty God and he would be your everlasting father and he would be the prince of peace and he would give you a peace that is beyond understanding. I mean, let's be honest, no other passage really has been popularized as much as John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him Whoever believes in him is not condemned. That is the step that, that gets us to salvation. You have to believe in faith. There's nothing to do. There's no ladder to climb. Right? There, there's absolutely nothing you can do. The, the, the misunderstanding of the gospel is that the gospel, listen carefully because, again, I'm going to put some of you in a place to make a decision. I'm not. Again, I'm warning you. I'm not, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm not going to make you do anything weird. But the gospel is not an invitation for you to commit yourself to God. The gospel, this is not going to be an invitation for you to give yourself to God. Rather, what I'm gonna ask you to do is to proclaim of God's unwavering commitment to you. Right? Salvation isn't, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do all these things for God and I'm gonna be saved. No, it's God did all of these things for you to save you. Nothing else needs to be done. God will take you as you are. I can't share all the stories. There's people who did the choir tonight. Some have been part of our church for years. Some of them are brand new, like they've been here the first year. Some of them got saved this year. How cool would it be for some of you to accept Christ and be up here next year? And and all of a sudden you're like, oh, don't do it, don't do it. Mm -mm. Don't do it. Don't do it. I like how Spurgeon said it. This child is not born unto you unless you are born unto this child. So that said, I want to pray. I'm going to invite the team to come up, and I want you to do me a favor. Remember, I told you I was going to give you an opportunity to respond. I want everyone right now, if you just do me a favor, and I want you to put your heads down, bow your eyes, and just a somber moment of remembering who Jesus is. And with our heads bowed, I just want to pray. And I'm not a big fan of saying, oh, just pray Jesus into your heart, and you'll be accepted. This is more of a prayer of confirmation, a prayer that you believe in faith, that Jesus has died for your sins, and this is for you that are feeling the call of Christ to your to Himself right now. I don't need a, This is there's no manipulation here. You notice we didn't uh, dim the lights; they were already dim, and your head should be bowed, so you shouldn't notice that at all. But there, there, there's no smoke. There's no crazy music. This is, this, is, this is just an honest proclamation for you. And here's what I wanna do. I wanna just pray a prayer and I want you to say this prayer with me. You don't have to say it out loud. But if that's you tonight, and you want Christ to come be a part of you and for you to be a part of Christ, pray this with me. Lord, I believe that you are the son of God, that you came and pierced this earth and you made heaven home for a period of time You lived in this pain machine for a period of time so that I could live blissfully in eternity with you. I believe that, Lord. I believe that this Christmas you want to take my sins from me because you made that possible through your blood, blood, Lord, dying on the cross for our sins. All of our guilt, all of our shame, Lord, you've nailed to that cross, never to be brought before our face again. Lord Jesus, would you come into my life and may I give you everything that is mine right now and may you give me everything that is yours, all of your inheritance. I trust you for that, Lord. Now with your heads bowed, like I said, I I was gonna ask you to make a decision and, and I wasn't gonna put you on the spot and I'm not. This is all I want you to do. If you said that prayer or if that's you this evening, I just wanna be able to have you in my heart and give you an opportunity to make that declaration. I just want you to, if that was you, I just want you to look up at me and make eye contact with me, and, and, and that's it. Like I said, I'm not going to force you to come on up. I'm not going to put you on the spot. God bless you. Welcome to the family of God. Thank you. See you. God bless you. Awesome. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Welcome to the family of God. Man, time, time to get plugged in for some of you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Appreciate it. Amen. Thank you. Oh, man, praise the Lord. Now, I don't, like I said, I don't want to put him on the spot, but can you just give a round of applause for those who made a, a choice for the Lord? And... <clears throat> now, if you live here in Truckee, we, we want you to be part of our family. We want to put you in the book to pray for you. But like I said, some of you, we know you're not from here, and that's okay. You need to find a good church that opens up the Bible. If they don't open up this book it's not the right church. They preach Jesus, they talk about sin, and they welcome you to the family of God with grace and understanding. So, and if you need help with that, we got a tremendous staff. We got a pastor here, we got a pastor over here. I'm a pastor most of the time. Uh, We got them all around. We got some in the back there. We got a retired pastor in the back. Wayne, how's retirement doing, bud? Yep, he's still preaching. He's still, he's an interning pastor at the altar right now, and doing some great things so make sure you find me afterwards give me a hug we'd love to give you some resources uh, and whatnot but with that would you stand with me and we're gonna we're gonna sing silent night and if my elders could come on forward and uh hey man this represents the gospel right for some of you the light is shown right this is god it's a picture of god who has become man Pierced into this world, his light has shown, man, he's given us himself as the best gift we could ever have. That's why we give gifts. And he left that home of comfort and worship, and he came into our world to give us his light and to give us his life. And as he gives us this light, and as he gives us this this life and light to his people, he asks his people to spread that light to other people, and so now they're going to share that light with you. (laughs) if <laughs> christmas for something that transcends all of the materialism that god became flesh and dwelt amongst us lord you tabernacled amongst us that we would know you understand you love you walk with you and have all of the benefits of what that is peace and joy and eternal life with you i pray not one person leaves here without the the healthy weight of the gospel on them And they leave here rejoicing and smiling, for there is no reason anymore in Christ for us to be melancholy. But rather we rejoice that even though pain in this life is here, it's temporary. And in the next life, it's eternal bliss. Thank you, Lord, for the church. Thank you for your salvation. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Amen. Merry Merry Christmas. Hey, on your way out, extinguish the fire in your hands. All right? And we have a box out there. We need to reuse these for our next service. You guys look so beautiful and and just so thankful you guys could all make it. We will see you soon, if hopefully not tomorrow. One service tomorrow, if you can make it. It's not candlelight. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Have a good evening.